Hey guys, this is Dean. Hey, I don't normally do this. I normally just let mistakes be mistakes. But on this one, I want to address it just because I know I'll get emails and messages. But at one point in this, we're talking about the Karstarks. And I said, oh, John executed the Lord Karstark. He didn't. It was Rob. So I misspoke. My mistake. You don't have to email me and say, hey, dumbass, it wasn't John. It was Rob. I know that. Okay, that's all. Like I said, normally I don't put little quickies in here, but I wanted to because I don't want to get bombarded with emails that tell me I'm a jackass. Well, you can do that, but just not for that reason. (laughs) All right, thanks. We're going to start the show. LSG Media presents a Game of Thrones podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. I'm Dean. I'm joined by Jessica, and we have officially kicked off season seven with the first episode, Dragonstone. I'm excited to talk about it, and we're going to dive right in immediately on our opening impressions. So, Jessica, go ahead and kick things off with your opening impressions of Dragonstone. Go. Okay. This was a good premiere. I know not a huge amount of exciting things happened after the mass murder of the phrase, but it still served its purpose of getting everybody where they need to be to start the major action of the season. You know, we had to put our people in these places to get to what we really want to see, which is these people fighting each other and shit. Um, We caught up with everybody we wanted to catch up with. We spent too much time with some people we don't really care about, um, in my opinion. Don't say we. But overall, <laughs> it was very fun. It was so exciting. Um, we had people over. It was going to be a party, and then it was more of a gathering because of some last-minute cancellations. Um, and Everybody was really excited and really into it. And the cold open was awesome. I love when there's a cold open. They don't do it often. The only other time I even remember them doing that was the Hound episode. Um, it was really exciting. It was a good way to start. And I, I like that we kind of know the trajectory we're all going on now. And... I, I think it was a good start to the season for the most Stand part. Standout moments? Uh, oh, the hound stuff was the best part of the episode as far as I'm concerned. You like more than the cold open? I like the cold open too. I mean, that's like different. You can't even put those on the same level. Well, they're both in the same <laughs> show. You can. They're both in the same show. So try hard, Miss Podcaster. I don't know. I really like the hound stuff a lot though. Yeah, I really good. did. And what didn't you like? You, you kind of hinted at that. Sam. Really? Oh, I can't wait till we get to it because it was literally like, I, I swear to God that when I rewatched the episode, I was like fast forwarding through parts of it. I was like, I can't watch the shit. Hmm. And so it showed Jorah. And then I was like, yeah, Jorah. And then I was really excited. But it, it was like, I, saw, I got to see Jorah for 30 seconds and I watched Sam scrub shit for five fucking minutes when I could have been doing other things with right. other characters that I love. And why is Sam's son 18 years old now? He's 36. He was he's, literally he's, two. He's Rickon's age. <laughs> he's, he's like Rickon. Like they killed Rickon <laughs> and now Sam's son is going to age in that manner? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Like Rickon, killed right before he was about to retire from old age. Those Seriously. rickety knees kept him from doing the serpentine run. Seriously. But here we are. We're back. I'm excited to talk about this shit. But, um, so look, I liked, um, fuck man, there's nothing I didn't like in this episode. Uh, There was nothing where I was, excuse me, there's nothing where I was thinking, fuck, I wish this would hurry up. Uh, What a great opening. You're right, the cold open was excellent. The only other one we had, I believe, was the Hound's Return. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I'm sure there was one that I missed. Game of Thrones. Some Game of Thrones nerds. Uh, 
And says the Game of Thrones podcaster. <laughs> um, so I really liked a lot that happened this week. I think you're right on the money when you say that we have positioned these people. I didn't find this very fluff heavy. I found it very, here's where people are. The table is set. And now we're going to see how everything plays out. Uh, that's what's very exciting about me in this episode. They didn't fuck around. Um, I liked it. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about here. Uh, I think the John and Sansa stuff was good. I liked seeing Davos. Um, Cersei and Jamie was good. Uh, Euron Greyjoy I liked. Um, there's only... So, so standout moment for me is likely the Hound stuff as well. Just because I am in irreversibly big time, you know, I don't know. Team Hound. Ball sniffer of the Hound. Hashtag Team Hound. And uh, I apologize for those beeps for you guys in the live show. Oh, they're they're telling away. us all the cold opens. Um, Brent Attica has told us the other cold opens. Season one, White Walkers. Season four, Tywin Forge a Sword. Season five, Maggie the Frog. Wow, so many. Whatever. Those don't matter to me anymore. Damn, we gotta come we gotta come back to Maggie the Frog. But um so yeah, there's uh yeah, like I said, I'm not gonna remember all that shit. But um <clears throat> Brent You does. know what you know what scene I liked you know what scene I liked the idea of but didn't love? Arya with the Lannister troops. Was it because of Ed Sharon? Was that like problematic I, for you? You wanna hear something you crazy? Don't, know who he is. don't even know who he I know, is. I know I knew I know you don't. Who is he? I barely know who he is. He's a wicked famous singer and people are obsessed with him. Oh, is that why he was um, singing? Yes, of course. Yeah. But I don't like that. I feel like that takes you out of the scene if you know who he is. Yeah. At first I was like, oh, that's cute. They gave this guy a little, you know. Not quite I tasted the Dornish man's wife. Jokey, but... jokey. But I guess we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I got a lot to say about that scene. That was probably my least favorite favorite scene to be honest with you oh my god you like sam with the shit better Ugh. love the shit in soup montage i thought it was solid um and i like i like the implications of that scene um i mean i like i know i understand the idea that we're trying to show that Arya's not just killing people we hate but these other people that are just sort of in her way um i mean we don't know if she did i'm assuming she poisoned them or something but um yeah, man. So there's plenty to talk about. There's a lot of good shit going on. Like I said, a lot of pieces have been placed. And um, you, while we were watching this, you said you had plenty to say about this week's episode. So I'm looking forward to your thoughts. I did say that? Yep. I'm looking forward to your thoughts and opinions. But um, so let's go right to the cold open on Walder. Oh, are we going to figure out what order we're going to do things in? Because we're going to do our location by location, right? However you want. You tell me. Oh, okay. Let's go back with our old school because I took my notes that way and go location by location. Okay. Do you want to pick locations now or should I just tell you a location? No, just lead in, the way. In the fly. And I'll move around. But yeah, we'll notes. start. We can start with the, the, the cold open and the post credit like White Walkers. Yeah, because we don't come back to the twins. Or those White Walkers. So we can start with that for sure. Okay. So let's get to the cold open. Yeah, let's. What did you think about the cold open? I know it was jarring for a lot of people. A lot of people were like, wait, wait, like it. The average viewer took a few seconds to process, oh, shit, that's Arya, right? Because a lot of people are like, what the, what, what is this? Is this a recap? I don't know what average viewers you're talking about. Most people I talked to. I fucking loved it. I loved it. It was fantastic. The The guy, and I'm sorry, I can't think of the actor's name, plays Walder Fly. Bradley. Thank you. He's fantastic. He's also in Harry Potter. So basically my two favorite nerdy things he's a part of. So I'm real high on this guy. He's fantastic. I love the way he played 
himself, but with it being Aria, because I feel like he did these little things where he would say something that wasn't quite right. You know what I mean? And I really, really like the way it was done. I like the fact that you realize, okay, we're, we're killing everybody here. And I just like that Arya not only is like, I'm going to kill these people, but she's like, we slaughtered the Starks at the Red Wedding so they can that. all cheer. And then she's like, killed a woman with a baby. And then she starts going Legit. down the list. And all of a sudden people are like, ooh, fuck. I, I watching this, this, this scene to me takes me, take, it really starts to highlight where Arya is at mentally in the calm and cool nature that she has come to adopt. Arya's always been a spitfire. She's always been quick to anger. She's always been somebody who has been quickly uh, ruled by her emotions. She's been this way forever, ever since she was a kid. Even her own father couldn't really temper her. Um, it took harsh lessons at the House of Black and White for her to start to realize how important patience is. Uh, especially when you're going to be a faceless assassin. And that's what stood out to me in this scene, was that she was the ability to just be patient in what she's trying to do versus this... She's also older. You know, she's becoming a woman. She's not just a simple little child anymore. Uh, she has been able to... Her, her growth arc from season one to now is pretty impressive, even though there were lull moments in her storyline. It's cool to see her then and to see her now. Uh, and that's what I really liked about this this shit with Arya. I liked that a lot. I liked the ability to say, yes, cheer, right? He's She's mocking them. Yes, exactly. Butchered a pregnant woman, killed a mother of five children. And just right. Lay, and then it, to watch the crowd, to watch his sons and, and Bannermen or whoever those people are, start to realize that boy Walter Frazen in an odd like what are you thinking boy Walter Frazen in an odd mood today why 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 is he regretful of what he's decided to do never once are they gonna think oh faceless assassin and that's that's what I love about Game of Thrones there is magic there is weird shit going on but it's never to the point where anyone for a second ever goes oh faceless man and points right it's right. subtle enough and under control enough to where that's not a thing. You think the phrase ever think about faceless men? I mean, come on. No, they think about picking their nose. They're I think. gross. They are. They I'm are glad gross. that we wiped them out of the population. Yeah. But I will say that 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 stood out. The, the watching the change, watching, you know, David Bradley do a, like an aria kind of thing. It was kind of neat. And then, of course, distributing the poison. Saving the little girl. Saving, the girl. Not yeah. little, you know. Saving the little married girl of 12, whatever the fuck I'm she is. I'm 12 and I'm married to Walter Frey. Right. He's like, no, no, no. Uh, but the leave one wolf alive and the sheep are never safe quote. Just so many great quotes here. Fantastic. The men who helped me slaughter the stocks at the Red Wedding. Yes, yes, cheer, right? Yeah. <laughs> He's egging them on. Mm -hmm. Butchered the woman. So all that stuff. Uh, but you didn't slaughter every one of the Starks, did you? That was your mistake. And that's that reveal of them starting to get the, oh, shit. Something is wrong. We are fucked is excellent. Anyway, when people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. Tell them that winter came for House Frey, music crescendos, and into the opening credits. Gives me goosebumps. It's great. Excellent scene. So the question now becomes, where is Arya going to end up now? Where do you think she goes from here? I think she's going to go to King's Landing and kill Cersei. You think so? I mean, that seems to be her plan. That's her plan now, but I wonder. Because 
for her to, just for fun, just for sake of argument, she could probably get to King's Landing pretty easily. She could probably blend in with her ability quite easily and probably poison Cersei easily. If she can kill House Frey, literally the whole house, in one evening, having just gotten to town because of her ability to do what she does, she's very, very dangerous. I think I'm meta-thinking when I say it's too easy for Cersei to just go to King's Landing, walk through the gates, which she can do. She knows all the ins and outs. She, she lived there for a while. To, to, to then go and poison Cersei or stab Cersei or whatever she wants to do, it's too easy for her. So something's going to distract her and pull her away from King's Landing. I, and I think, and maybe we should jump right into talking about the rest of Arya stuff right now. By all means. Because it, it just goes with it. Um, so when we have Arya on these travels and she comes across these Lannister soldiers... Um, who These then, Lannister children. Then she sees them as, yeah, Ed Sharon and Adam Levine, poor man's Adam Levine, who was also in the group. It was pretty weird. There were sure. a lot of rock stars. Um, anyway, this conversation she has with these people, you know, seeing them as human and blah, 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 blah. But they're just talking about their life. And they're like, you know, we wanted to go away. And now that we're away, all we want to do is go home. And I wonder if this starts to resonate in her head. And she's like, maybe I don't want to go to... King's Landing kills Cersei. Maybe I want to go to the wall and be with John. Right. You know what I mean? Maybe this is the start of the catalyst and maybe it's not necessarily something that's going to distract her, but that that idea is just going to sit with her to the point where that's what she ends up doing. Sure. I still want to kill Cersei. So let's talk about this little on the road meeting with these Lannister men. Okay. All right. So I liked it in principle. I just didn't love it in execution because it, I felt like it was starting to enter like cornball territory. I felt that way pretty Because it was like, he's like, yes, when I, he's like, oh, I sing wonderful songs about angels, and and my mommy told me to be kind to strangers, and I say my prayers, and I donate to my local animal shelter. Little girls take care of their papas. And I got a new boy, and I'm going to raise him right, and we're not here for glory, and I fucking go play with the cancer kids, and, you know, I fucking donate... And, you know, go wash boats. I don't know what the fuck people do when they donate. I don't think I, I take out my neighbor's trash. are the same thing. I shovel the snow on the street I live on. Like, they just started to list all these. Like, I was like, okay, we get it. You guys aren't fucking bad. I get what you're saying here. But I think the primary point of this is to show a couple things. Ariel first, taking note of where the swords are, right? Oh, yeah. Like, she's like, I'm going to kill those motherfuckers. Yes. Yes. Um, and then, but but not just I'm going to kill those motherfuckers, but literally taking notes of where the weapons are, where people are seated, her weapon, the situation. She's tactically aware, which I like. I appreciate that that was what she noticed first. Like, hmm, here's some Lannister troops. They're the enemy. How can I kill them? Hmm, their swords are over there. Interesting. They're all sitting down. I have my sword. I also have a bunch of poison. Hmm, interesting. And then it starts in on the, let's humanize these Lannister troops. So I like the idea of the scene. I just thought the dialogue was a little corny with like, oh, and I do this, and I don't know my uh, boy's name and all that shit. And I'm sorry, when the, Arya's like, that's a pretty song. I've never heard it. And he's like, it's a new one. I'm like, that's a little too fucking cute for me. Like, they're like, look, it's mm-hmm. a famous singer. He's singing a new song. In the chat, they said that like Maisie Williams apparently loves him, and they did it as a surprise for her birthday, which is adorable. But guess what? I don't actually give a shit. Why don't they just bring him on set, and they could say hello to each other. Like, he doesn't need to be in Game of Thrones. Right. So I'm out on him right now being in Game of Thrones. And also notice he never spoke because he actually probably can't act. 
Which is fine. That's not his job. He can right. sing perfectly fine. Right. So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you have going on. I think I sense a hound reunion somehow. She's on the road. Oh, they're on so. the road. That's all I know. I would love that. Yeah. I, I do like the one moment, though, where she says she's going to kill the queen, and there's like this moment of dead silence, and then they all laugh, and then she laughs. Mm. I thought that was a good moment, because she's like, no, that's what I'm going to do. Right. But then they all laugh, and she's like, all right, that's cool. Yeah, of course, of course. Good stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I like I like the Ari stuff was, was cool. I like that in a very brief time, she did plenty. She did plenty of murder, which I appreciate. Especially the phrase, they can all burn. Fuck them. But I hate ban, if We'll get to it, but when we get to King's Landing, imagine hearing, oh, the phrase are all dead. What happened? I don't know. All dead. I mean, holy but shit. Apparently, the North remembers. We, <laughs> we know that. <laughs> the North remembers something. I don't know what, but they remembered. So where would you like to go now? Um, let's briefly touch upon the the Night's King, the 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 post credit the Night one King. scene that we get. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, that was fantastic. It looked gorgeous. It was so exciting. Like they're fucking coming for you. Really not. I'm very sad about this giant situation. The big giants. I'm really sad that they are um, now bad guys. Not into that shit. Sure, they're the enemy for sure. <laughs> and you know what? If you got those guys fighting for you, that's some pretty bad shit. Just throw it out there. I, I think just the shot is beautiful. The cinematography alone, the way that sort of fog rolls in with them behind it. And one of the things I like about it is just the inexorable creeping movement towards living to snuff it all out. There's something I've always been fascinated at the idea of undead shit, especially when you assemble them in large armies, because there's no, maybe for the night King, they might be different, right? They might, the, the, the leaders, the white walkers might be different than just the whites, but I like the idea that they are, it's nothing personal. They're just animated dead corpses and they're there to snuff out life. They don't hate you. They don't like you. They're indifferent to you. In that, they remind me of the Borg from Star Trek. It's not personal. It's just what they are designed to do, which is to kill things, to destroy life, to add to their ranks. Um, that Now, the, the, the main white walkers might have some sort of emotional investment in it they seem to at least on some level but the army proper is just this mechanically dead thing moving forward in it with no regard for you at all there's no small talk there's no marching there's no cadence there's nothing to indicate any life whatsoever they just move forward and they continue to pursue you until they're destroyed they don't get tired they don't rest. They just walk forever. And then they fight until they're dead. That is awesome. That's what's so terrifying about them compared to any other army that could be anywhere. Compared to dragons, compared to, to men, to whatever. The army of the dead is very, very scary. Oh, yeah. And that's something that is encapsulated in that very brief shot. You just hear them moving. Nothing else. Awesome. And then it's pretty scary. It's pretty scary. Uh, so what would you like to talk about now? You want to jump over to Bran? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk out? about the wall. We can go through all the stuff at the wall. Okay. But we'll start with Bran and Mira. Bran and Mira. That's the Bran only Mira. thing. They're there. That's the only thing at the wall. Well, well, the wall, and then we'll go into Jon Snow. And that's, that's Winterfell. I know. I, I consider it a yeah. similar look. North. Now. The North. The North. The people that we support in this battle. Okay. That's fair. 
I'm wearing a house dark shirt right now. I'm going to be honest with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. LSK did a, did a, uh, a little poll for, for what house I saw. I voted. Yeah. I didn't. I just being a wise ass. I put up, sure. I put up house Dane. It was Mormont on there. I should have voted for them too. They weren't up there. That's I not think fair. you can do a write in. That's not fair. Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? Ugh. Yeah. Anyways, Brandon Mira, they're here. Mm-hmm. Mira looks 43. Yeah, how did she? I I talk so much shit about how young she looked, and now she also has aged. <laughs> like, like what is wrong yes. with the people on the show? Why is Mira Reed now in her forties and older than Jon Snow? <laughs> I she don't is. understand. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, man, she looks so much older. Like she just grew up. That's just gonna. That's just gonna start happening to them. Because you know? I know kids when you have cast kids, they age so fast. That's like, right. Bran and Rickon. That's like you know. Mm-hmm. That's why. They had all those issues on Lost with Walt, but um, but still, Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. she looks real old. So, um, they're at the wall. They're at the wall. Ed greets them. Love Ed. He's he's my friend. He's my bro. Dolores Ed. That's it. Remember, I said they call him something, not just Ed Tolliver. Dolores Ed is. They call him that. I don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. Not familiar to me at all. Well, look it up. Oh, well, I'm not gonna. So, um, <laughs> then you'll just have to take my word for it. I'm just going to disbelieve you until somebody in the chat tells me because they'll tell me either okay. way. I'm right. It's okay, though. I've, you can be right. That's fine. So um, I do like that. Brand just like, I know everything about you, dude, because I'm the fucking Thread Raven getting dragged around on a sled like a goddamn guy in Alaska. Where, yeah. Where's his Huskies? He doesn't have one. He just has Mira, who's 42. Yeah, because his dog died and we forgot about it because Hodor died and we totally forgot. Like, you know, like Hodor's death overshadowed the death of his dire wolf, which is also tragic. Sorry to bring back tragic moment it's a painful memory if we're being honest for for me it certainly is Mm -hmm. so just saying yeah so uh that's done let's just talk winterfell now i mean does anyone have anything important to say about mirror brand because i'm all set right now with them no but they're at the wall um mira i do want to reflect on mira for a second because i know like we teased her a lot but think of the her journey and all of the shit she's lost man that that chick is a survivor she's been through the fucking ringer and she's back and she's lived to tell the tale which i just think is awesome i really like that mm. yeah mira's cool i'm sorry i like shit on her for a really long time Jojen still is awful but mira's well, he's all right dead, so don't speak ill of the dead please I mean, it's very offensive oh to God, me there's some dead people i really have a lot of things to say about like i can't speak ill of walter fry no. he was a douche no you shouldn't do that anyway mira's fine she can move on. Okay. I'm glad that she has your approval. She's very glad, too. Well, so she's like 47. <laughs> she still left to be her mom, I think. <laughs> so, at Winterfell, John starts to talk about Dragonglass and its importance, right? Yes. Everyone needs to this? collect all of the Dragonglass they can find everywhere. And the dudes are like, yeah, we got it. We're going to make our sons fight and get Dragonglass and shit. And he's like, no, 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 no. We are not a sexist society. Okay? Mm-hmm. We are actually letting our girls do things. P.S. Still totally sexist, but, you know, different times. March of the Dead might be Three-Eyed Raven's vision of the future. That is also possibly true. Yeah, I think it was supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe not a vision, but perhaps he's just seeing it in real time. Yeah, one of the two. Because yeah. then we, we cut right to our scene with Bran and Mira. Right, and he's, and he's doing his fucking milky eyes. So, oh yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's him seeing it for sure. All right. We don't have a, I don't think, I don't think Jon Snow has a drone out there. 
fucking flying around spying on the Night King's army. Well, I mean, I didn't, nobody one saw it. I'm just saying. Okay. So, do you want to talk about Winterfell? Yeah, I do. Well, I already let's started. get to the most important part of this. We got a Mormont. That's not the most important part. It, it's not? No. Oh, wow. I disagree. So, um, what do you want to talk about here? I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the John and in, in, um, the John and the Sansa, Sansa disagreement. Yeah. That I started a crazy argument between John and Nate on the Facebook page. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, in general, they're talking about women get a fight, blah, blah, blah. Brianna and Liana Mormont are really into this. Because yes. Liana is legit my favorite. Um, they also talk about needing people to man the wall. And Tormund is like, I am on that shit. And he has this great quote where he says, guess where the Night's Watch now or whatever he says. Look, look Looks like where's the, the Night's Watch now. Fantastic. Yes. Love Tormund. Real high in him. He's the best. Um, and then this turns into this big argument between John and Sansa about what to do with the families that betrayed them. And yes. Sansa really does undermine John. In, in, in a way that this. made Baelish real fucking proud. He had a boner in that audience like, oh, Sansa. Somebody on Reddit put forth the theory that Baelish told Jan Royce, gave Jan Royce the idea to start the whole thing. Like, you know how Jan Royce is like, we should destroy the castles and blah, 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 blah. That was Jan Royce. He looked different to me. It was him. Oh, good. So we've seen him this season. So he'll probably But Littlefinger has his ear, kind of. And right. some, some people speculated that Littlefinger pushed that idea through him just to get the whole argument started. Oh, that sounds about right. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's, it's pretty speculative. And it's fun to think about. But more importantly, um, so there's a couple things here. On the one hand, and this is kind of what the argument was on Facebook. Well, this is what I was trying to get to the bottom of on Facebook in that discussion, which was the Sansa's ideas have merit. And if they do, shouldn't she voice her opinion? And two, is this open forum where John is hosting this a place for people to share ideas and to point out alternative thoughts? Because if it is, then Sansa is doing the right thing. And then it's John's responsibility to determine if those ideas are good or not. You know, some people are saying, and, and I and I was like, if this is just a place where John tells you what's going on, then it might not be a place where we're going to just batter on ideas and the, this isn't a diplomacy, right? Talk to me behind closed doors. We can reevaluate it then. So there's a lot of different thoughts about that. So it really comes down to, in my opinion, what's the fucking custom here? Is the custom for when he's at the table and she's sitting at his left, is it, or is it, is it her place in that moment, in this setting? Is it customary for her to challenge his ideas? No. You don't think it is? No, I don't. I, I've never seen anyone question the person. This person who's newly anointed the king of the north, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden now where she can question him in front of everybody, we have to make him look like this leader. If she has things to say, they have this conversation in another place. Right. Not in front of everybody because then it looks like they're bickering with each other mm -hmm. and they're not getting along. Right. And there's an importance to Sansa as actually being a Stark. And I'm sure there are people who support her. And then you're you're already sowing discord amongst people. That's not the type of thing. You you cannot question the person who is in charge in front of everybody when they're mm -hmm. going over things. You can't. Yeah, I think there, I think there, I think, I think there is a, I think it depends. Because if I think about King's Landing, and the king, and then the small council, when they're having discussions, I think that's a good example of where you would say, maybe this isn't a good idea, right. maybe that's not a good idea. So the question becomes, and it's really, this is kind of pedantic, but the question becomes is, is this, I mean, he had all these house leaders there, is that what this was supposed to be, a discussion about how we're going to proceed or not? It, so, I mean, that's that's kind of what the argument is. And then it's, 
the sense of even saying anything that makes sense. And on the one hand, she kind of is. Right. But on the one hand, you can't just be like, we're going to put these people out because their father made a bad decision. But you can trace these beefs so far back, you know, Lord Karstark, fucking Lord Karstark was mad at them all the way back in the day because Jamie Lannister killed his son while trying to escape. Right. So Lord Karstark's like, what the fuck, Catelyn? Are you going to do something about this? And she's like, no, I'm just going to set Jamie free. Because in the message she's sending is, my children are more valuable than yours. Which Karstark got pissed off about. Then he went and he killed those two Lannister kids, which is fucking barbaric. You can't do that shit, which is why he got his head cut off. But in that moment, after John cut off his head, he wasn't going to hold responsible all of the Karstarks. But after John cut his head off, the Karstarks were like, well, there's no justice in the world because... His son was killed by Jamie Lannister, who your mom fucking let go. So they didn't, they said, fuck you, John. We're not backing you now. So these beefs are so deep. It's not just in that moment. To, it's hard to judge these That's beefs. That's why it's almost like so you deep. wish, like, couldn't John and Sansa and Davos have sat and had a conversation before this meeting about what was going to take place at the meeting? Maybe, maybe. I'm not sure. It's tough to say, but yeah, maybe. Saying, that might have been if, the way to if, go about it. So if they're the decision makers and the other houses aren't, then, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's just more rough. Maybe the small council has more of a regimented way they go about shit. That's not a small Lord. council. There were 50,000 people there. No, I, I'm not oh. saying literally small. I'm saying a council that advises leadership. That's all I'm saying. But that's not what it seemed like. It just seemed like there were a ton of people there. It seemed like a gathering, John, right? Yeah, like a town hall meeting. With John saying... Here's what's going on. This is what's happening. I just think the problem is, is when you're two people who are in charge seem like they're arguing with one another. Mm-hmm then I feel, does, does that make other people, regardless of who's right or who's wrong? Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a question of her, her ideas. I think it's a question of a time and a place. Yeah, I'm not as, I don't necessarily think Sansa was wrong. It's like, I use Star Trek, I mentioned it on Facebook, like, if Riker has a problem, or Spock has a problem with Kirk's order in the moment, he's going to say, sir, I recommend we do this, and if Kirk shuts him down, then he's going to follow along. But if it's something big and massive, that's when they'd be like, you know, can, can I can I have a word with you for a moment? And they get away from the troops like you don't want to you don't want to make it sound like every time there's a gathering, everyone can just shoot out a bunch of ideas and nothing ever gets done anywhere. You know, you have right. to have a clear line of ch chain of command. But I, you also have to have a place where you can have people who have ideas come forward because that's what makes a better leader is better ideas from other people. Right, and I agree, and that's what Sansa tried to explain to him later, and I agree with that, that she should listen to people, and that, or that he should listen to people, and he should listen to Sansa, and he should take her opinions into account, because he knows about what's north of the wall, and she know, knows about what's going on in King's Landing, and they need all that information together, and they need to work together and do that, and this is why the thing that you do is... Before you have the big meeting, you get together with your two Sansa and your bro Davos, mm -hmm. and you're like, hey, let's go. And maybe Tormund, because he's cool, and he can be there, because mm -hmm. he's my bro. And you just go over what you're going to talk about. Yeah. You get some talking points, you have the conversation beforehand, and then you go and have a meeting. Right. For sure. I gotcha. Um, and she, you know, uh, I, I use the term defied, which is probably a bad way to say it. I don't really think she defied him. She just sort of challenged him. And then when he made his final decision, she backed off. She did. Right? So there's that. It's not like she huffed and puffed and stormed out like a baby. No, she's smart. Yeah. She's, she's, she, she knew, she knew exactly what I'm saying, which is that if you see discord among these two people sitting at the head table, that's problematic. She knows that. 
she knew that it was in her best interest and no matter how much she thought she was right to yeah. back down. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's just, a, it's, it's a question of how many people that's all it is. It's, uh, we're, we're getting lost in the minutiae here, but I think the point is, is that when you set up a meeting, you're determining what that meeting and what the point of that meeting is. You know, you could say, you know, the 50 of us here in this room, are going to make a decision. You could say, the 1,500 of us in this room are going to make a decision. You can say the five of us in this room are going to make a decision. All ideas are welcome. We don't really know the context of the meeting. We just were in media res. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's tough to say. John's reaction makes me think that the context of the meeting was that he was running the meeting. Yeah. And everybody else yeah. was just going to be like, thank you, sir. Yeah. Can I fight for you? And, and she had good points and so did he. You they know what I mean? They both had like, reasons. She... She, he saw the fucking Night King in that army. And when you see that shit, you have a different perspective. And this is the problem. They both, in their head, have a different major concern because of what they both experienced. And Sansa's like, you don't understand what Cersei is like and what she will do and how important this is. And he's like, and you don't understand the Night King. They don't know each other's perspective. You know what I mean? Yeah. They both think that their war is the most important war. Mm -hmm. And they can't see the other person's perspective. So it's like they, they have to, I don't know. It, it's, they, they both have different agendas. And so it's hard for them because they can't come together because sure. they feel like their thing is so important. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, and if I think I'm, if I'm being honest, I think, I think Sansa was like, I'm going to push him a little bit. I want to push him a little bit here. I don't think it was just, you know, she had an idea. She thought it was the right idea. So she continued to until he said, this is my final decision. And then she stopped. And I think that's okay. You know, I think other people might've mentioned it. And then it's, I mean, whatever. It's her fucking brother too. That's family, right? This isn't like an impersonal relationship. So right. she might've felt she had a little more comp launch to just be like, boom, here we go. You know, that's kind of how I felt. That's how I took it. It didn't really bother me that much, I guess is my point. But I could see if people are like, you know, I, I could see that depending on the context, being a situation where the other people in the house are like, is who's running this shit? Right. That's at what that I'm table. Who's to running say. this shit at this table? John or her? I don't even know. Right. That's what I'm trying because to Because we're not dealing with uh, 21st century fucking everybody's ideas, valuable morality shit here. It's a, a different scenario entirely. Right. Anyway, moving along. Then they have a sibling argument about. <laughs> this is a whole situation that we just uh, discussed. Um, well, Ned, we, we, we got to talk about Ned and Alice real quick. They pledge their swords. Oh, yeah. Young children. And <laughs> by young, I mean like ones younger than Liana Mormont. Um, also, I'm fairly certain next season they'll both be approximately 37. So I'm not worried about their ability to fight. John's like, I promise you cookies and milk and late bedtimes if you swear allegiance. Is that how he talks? Is he like I, Scottish? I, I, I can't do John's voice. <laughs> but my point is, is like, what what? Pony rides for you, Alice, if you swear fealty to me. Like, what the fuck? How do you promise these people? And what the fuck did these kids, I'm sorry, but they're like so scared and they're like, oh, 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 we have to. And then when they like pledge their allegiance or whatever and everyone cheers, they're like all happy. Like, oh, shit, I'm so happy, man. We're, we're part of this thing, guys. It's real cool. Yeah, you're part of this thing where you're going to fucking die and it's going to suck. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Don't get too excited. Yesterday's wars don't matter anymore, he says. Uh, lots of reaction shots in this scene. A lot of shots of Littlefinger smugly smiling in the corner. Yes, he's like, oh, Sansa's is doing what I want, trying to take over the throne. Yeah. Like I said, he was, you know, 
He's half chubbed during this. He was into I it. feel like Sansa will always be one step ahead of Littlefinger until he comes to the conclusion that she's expendable, which he won't. That's his Achilles heel, just is, like Jamie is Cersei's Achilles uh, backwards. Just like Cersei is Jamie's Achilles heel. You know? Sort of, but J- Jamie has also done stuff and gone against Cersei. Yeah, kind of. But and then again, Littlefinger married Sansa to Ramsay, so you know. yeah. But um, yeah, that's a risky play. But that's one thing I'll give Littlefinger. He's not afraid to take risks. No, but he is. He's so fucking. Oh, he's so in love with Catelyn, and and he is just so gross because. And I know, like wow. Littlefinger Wait. used to be my favorite. What the fuck universe am I living in? Did you just call Littlefinger gross? He is really gross right now because. <laughs> I can't. You're impossible to keep up with. You are. I'm going back to this. I said this about you on the on the podcast before. You are like a big wheel, and I just put random things in there, emotional states, and I just fucking and I spin it, and it's like, oh, now I hate this person. Now I love this person. There's no middle ground. Well, I'm mad at you're, him right you're now. You're never like I kind of like this person ever. You either like them or hate them, and you just call Littlefinger your love of loves gross. Why? Because you're in love with Jorah now. Anyway, continue. <laughs> I I don't I don't like this, you know, shit with Littlefinger because he's so in love with Sansa, which is gross, by the way, because he could be your father. So get your shit together, sir. But he's like so obsessed with Catelyn Stark, he like can't move beyond it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just the way like he talks to her and like she shuts him down, I was like, this is fantastic. Yeah, I like when she shut him down like that. That was well, good well, work. Well, let's 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 slow our rolls here and go to John and John and uh, Sansa first. Yeah, they they. I feel like we kind of talked about all this too. Well, that. she makes the jab about comparing him to Joffrey, which of course she immediately relents on. Yeah, that was fresh. But she's just kind of making a point, like, hey, you know, maybe maybe the old ways. <laughs> if I'm Sansa, I'd be like, hey, guess what the old ways do? Get everybody killed. Maybe we should look at the way we run shit a little differently and think better. And the fact that he says you admire Cersei, dude, Sansa has spent a lot of time at court and she's watched the most powerful people in Westeros operate. Right. And I think that gives her counsel merit. That alone. I'm not right. saying all her ideas are good. I'm just saying you should listen to those ideas. I agree. That's all. I do think that you should they should listen to the ideas. And I think they should do that by having a small meeting before their large meetings. Yes. That's all. Right. That's all I'm saying. I do agree with John, though. It's not the time and the place to punish uh, the Umbers or the Karstarks. It's just not the place because of the decision. Because the reality is, is, oh, I did is, is, damn it. The reality is this. If you, if Lord Karstark says this is what we're going to do, that's what you do. Unless you want to fucking stand up for what you think is right and get your head cut off by your own house. Same goes for the Umbers. Same goes for any family. When those families make these decisions, the fucking jerk off foot soldiers like, okay, I guess this is what we're doing because my whole life is here. I'm not going to get put out and fucking die in the winter somewhere because I think the car Starks may have overreacted. There's no, that's not how this works. Do you see? Like it's not, so it's every, I think every house understands. I think, I think most leaders in this realm understand that you don't just hold entire houses responsible for the sins of the leadership. Unless you're Tywin Lannister and you're going to kill House Rain and then you just murder the whole house. Or Danny, who <laughs> literally killed a gazillion people one time. 
I mean, some leaders do things differently than other leaders, I guess is my point. And I think John made the right call here. But I think... Because John and Sans have different agendas, and that's what it comes back to. John is like, we need every single person we can possibly get if we even have a chance to come close to beating the Night King. Mm -hmm. And Sans is like, we got to sit on the Iron Throne, bro. I, th I also think that... I also think that if push came to so shove, I don't think Sansa would be stripping people of oh, their homes. Why you say that her name like that? Well, let's get past that. Ugh, but I don't think, right. I don't, I just don't think, she, I think she was just playing devil's advocate, to be honest with you. I don't think she really would have been behind, yeah, let's kick these people out of their homes. I, I think she was behind it. Okay. So where to now? Uh, well, we're still in the same place. You want to go to Littlefinger, her shutting him down? Well, let's briefly talk about Bran and Tormund, like, coming over to watch her, because they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend, and... I ship them really hard. Okay. I just want to make brief mention to that. Yeah. East watch by the sea. He's headed to, I don't think that's going to be a good place for him to be. I'm worried about him. I am worried about him. Yeah. It's real bad. Yeah. East watch by the sea is not a good place. I think East watch by the sea, you're going to see a lot of death because it's going to get overrun by the night King. And I think when it gets overrun by the night King, you're going to lose some people you love. And I have a funny feeling, based off the Hound's visions, he's going to end up there with a Brotherhood Without Banners. At and East he's Watch by die. the Sea. I don't know. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of people converging at East Watch by the Sea. Based on where the wall meets the sea, that's literally East Watch by the Sea. And that's where Tormund's right, going. Mm -hmm. I don't know what Bran's going to do. Probably going to stay with Sansa. Um, I, don't, I, I just I, hope she bangs Tormund first before he dies. That's very important. That's. It's to me good it that is. it's good that your female characters you look so highly upon, like who they're gonna bone. That's... I want them to be a couple and be in love. Remember she told that sad story about she never felt pretty, and then one time Renly was nice to her and stuff, and that's why she liked him. She's powerful yes. female characters, and, and, as Josh would say, powerful. Continue. Brand's the best. Uh, isn't it? Uh, is it wrong for me to want her to have happiness? No, I mean, yeah, if she requires that from a man. I mean, sure. Oh my God. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Whatever. Oh, People are whatever. Anyways, yeah. Baelish talking to Sansa. Yeah. <clears throat> Sansa basically is just like, hey dude, my life's fine. Got my family, got my friends, got Brienne. I'd like peace and quiet. Bye. Yeah. There you go. All right. So where to now? Nate's trolling me in the chat. He's like, didn't we just applaud the murder of every Freyer gauze of individual guilt? I think the people he that that Arya killed were present at the Red Wedding and stabbing and murdering people and barring them from leaving, weren't they? I think so. I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I there were a so. few innocents in that. Yeah, I'm fine about killing a whole house of people if they deserve yeah, it. Yeah, first of all, <laughs> let me just make this clear. I'm applauding it. I'm not saying it's morally just. <laughs> I just think it was awesome. I'm not making a moral claim, though, but if anybody else would like to, they can. So anyway, um, where are we going? I don't know. Where would you like to do it? Do you want to go somewhere interesting or somewhere boring? Um, wherever you'd like. All right. Let's get Sam out of the way. <clears throat> go for it. You start. This, there's a real long scene. Real long. Sam putting books away and cleaning bedpans and me vomiting in the background because it's disgusting. Um, this scene is too long. Sorry, it's too long. I actually didn't even watch it the first time I was airing. I like had to close my eyes because it was grossing me out. Um, and then the second time I watched it, I fast forwarded because I was not into that. Right. Didn't need it to be that long. I get it. Sam's life sucks. He's not doing anything cool. He's not really becoming a maester. He's just cleaning shit and putting books away. I liked it. 
I, I called it. You, you know didn't what I think it was too long. No, you know what I no, especially Ugh. on a rewatch. You know what I called it? I called it the I called it like the poop and soup stomp version. You know that stomp where they like boom boom they do like these crazy oh rhythms. God. It was like Sam's version of stomp with like soup and poop, and it made me laugh greatly. Oh my it made me think this is stupid <laughs> and a waste of my time. Bye. <laughs> I liked it a lot. Um, somebody on Reddit said the dagger in the book was the one that the assassin got from Littlefinger. Pretty interesting. Remember when he tried to kill Catelyn and they found the dagger and they're like, whose dagger is this? And they said it was Tyrion's, but Littlefinger gave it to him. Some people say that dagger um, is, what am I looking for? Was Littlefinger's dagger. But I don't know. That's speculation. Reddit, Reddit finds all those little tiny ones. All those users are all over that shit. That's why I can't go on Reddit because then I'm on a rabbit hole and it's real bad. Um, what did you think about the Maester and Sam just saying kind of like, we have always been here. We'll always be here. They said it was going to be the end of this. They said it was going to be the end of this. They said it was going to be the end of this. Yeah. What do you think his point is in saying that? That the that regardless, Old Town and the Maesters will always endure through different leaderships, through different crises? Right, like and I, that Sam's problem isn't a big deal. But but then he says that he does believe about does, the White yeah. Walkers, and I think that's the difference. He's like it, it it it's too too much of a coincidence for so many people have such similar stories. Right. But Sam can't go to the restricted section of the library. It's like when you're like kids at the video store where you can't go in the porn section; it's behind like a curtain. Yeah, it's true. It's true. He needed that. Uh, he needed like the beads through the beads into the yeah, secret yeah, room yeah. at the video store. <laughs> Mm, that's funny yeah but sam's not allowed to look at that shit because he's not a maester he's just a shit cleaner he's just a shit he's a he's a shit cleaner it's true he's gonna just steal some keys and steal some books and he's gonna bring them to gilly and his 17 year old child and they're all gonna read them together it's just fine right uh what do you think about the discovery he was talking about the mine at dragonstone where they can mine and refine that that ore, I guess. I'm 95% certain that that has already been brought up, that that place exists. What do you mean? Like, I don't think that that's new news. I He even said, he's like, oh, Stannis told me about this, but I didn't believe him. He did, yeah, and he did. I can't remember what episode, but it was some time ago. He so it is it. old news. Yeah, but that's cool. That's consistency in the world. Yeah, they probably should have gone and got this glass a long time ago. Well, I mean, I don't think they understood the threat. They had other wars to fight, and he seemed very far away, he being the Night King in that moment. Yeah, well, now I guess I'm a raven to John, and this is where he's going to go, and then he's going to meet his sister, Danny, <laughs> so they can <laughs> hang out. <laughs> his, yeah, his I, hope they, I hope they don't bang accidentally before they realize they're siblings, uh, but then again. No, 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 aunt. She's his aunt? Yeah, technically. They can, they can bang them. That's even he's weirder. Rhaegar's kid. She's Rhaegar's brother. She's Rhaegar's brother? You're talking about Danny? Danny is Rhaegar's brother. Yeah. She is. She's a brother to somebody, Danny. A, a woman is a brother. <laughs> you know what I'm fucking saying? <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, he's dead. Viserys is dead. She remains. And if Rhaegar boned Lyanna Stark, that makes her Auntie Danny. They get into some weird, freaky Auntie shit. I'm fairly certain they're definitely going to bang. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I think they'll be a little, a little much. All right. Well, they're not going to have the heroes of the show do incest. America will fucking bail on that shit. That's what you think. They're bringing incest back in the show. They're like, this is the new yeah, thing. Yeah, but all the sister fuckers end up, you know, the bad guys. Jamie's sure. like the wild card. 
No, he's a bad guy. We're for sure certain that Cersei's not just a sister fucker, but a cousin fucker, too. She's a sister fucker, too. <laughs> Listen. Do you not know the genders of any of your characters? I don't presume to know how she identifies. Okay? I don't presume. Is it because she has short hair now that you're judging her? Yeah, it's true. Oh, my God. Gender fluid. So, where to now? Um, That's all we got to say about... Oh, no. No, Jorah. Oh, we got to talk about Jorah. Yeah. Go for it. So Sam's just walking around. This time he's not picking up shit. He's picking up food. So no one get crazy. It wasn't Jorah's poop or anything we're dealing with. And out comes Jorah's, Jorah's little stone hand asking about Danny. Yeah. You know who's excited? Me. Because Jorah is my boyfriend. He's I not looking he's, good. I bet he's looking great. No, but his face didn't have, because you saw his face in the shadows and it didn't look stony to me. <laughs> it looks fine. Which is very important to you. How his face looks? Yeah, I mean, he can't be my boyfriend if he's made out of stone. That would be weird. Do you have any actual thoughts that are, matter to the show? <laughs> Doesn't that one? What, that you... That uh, I love Dora? Yeah. Um, no, the actual thoughts are that he went to see the Maesters. He went to find a cure. He's working on it. Hopefully it is working. And now we have Sam and Dora in the same place, which makes, you know, Sam's story a little more interesting. Um, and I'm cool with that. Yeah, I think it's cool that he's there. I think we should probably try to figure out, I mean, how long do you think he's been there? How long do you think it took him to get there? Because how long does it take him to make ships? You, you know how Greyjoy said a thousand ships with a thousand ships and they did? I think he's exaggerating that number because in the book it took, it took Balon or somebody like five years to make a hundred ships. So how much time has supposedly passed? Is no way five years. Well, Sam's kid has aged five years, so at least there's that. <laughs> that kid's 30 more years but, older. But also, at the end of the last episode, John and Sansa were about to go talk to all those bros. And at the beginning of this episode, they're talking <laughs> to all those bros. So I guess five minutes passed in Winterfell and five years passed everywhere else. It's like a there's weird time, time travel. It's time dilation. The further south you go, the time slows down or speeds up, rather. That's all I know. Yeah, it's the the time stuff is a little weird. That's for sure. Because like you can't you, you built a fleet, you did this you, like that's that's there's a little fuckery there. But whatever, you got to see past that. I, I guess. can't have fuckery in the show because I just can't have it. Well, let's um. So you think your boy's gonna live or what? Yeah, he needs to save Khaleesi and die in a dramatic fashion, saving her life. That's for what you the think million his time. arc will be. I mean, what else is it going to be? He's not going to find a new girlfriend to be in. Maybe he's going to meet another cute young girl he thinks will be queen one day and get obsessed with her and start following her around and doing shit for her. Yeah, the older he gets, the creepier that gets. No. And the more scales on his face, the more creepier (laughs) it gets. Hey, hey, straight up, there's a lizard man following me around. It's getting real weird. He's putting roses on my door. I I just hope, like, I don't want to see, like, Jorah and, like, fucking grayscale makeup. Like, I just... My heart can't take it. Mm. It just can't. Where to now? Um, I don't know what location you pick. No, you pick. Because unfortunately, I didn't take my notes that way, so I have to hop around and follow you. Okay. Uh, do you want to talk about King's Landing? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay. So I need to first immediately. I immediately need to credit John Marginson with some observations he made. Um, I believe he said this on our Facebook page. He said. That if you look at where Cersei's standing on the map, she's standing on the region known as the Neck. So she's standing on the Neck of Westeros. But then he said, and Jamie's standing on the fingers. And I think that's 
kind of fucking crazy fingers neck and i wasn't sure what he was getting at but i thought it was kind of cool I'm so maybe sure it, is it is it 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 could be a couple things you could see it as she's staying on the neck of westeros you could see it as him on the fingers neck her neck his fingers he strangles her to death that's awesome i thought you were like saying something weird and sexual for a second there and i was like this is getting real that's only creepy. that's only light choking or sex <laughs> not not murder choking Cool, right? Jamie has to kill Cersei, or Arya has to kill Cersei. What is more satisfying? Do you have nothing to say about John Marchison's keen observations? He just went right past it into sex stuff. No, I went right past it into who's going to kill Cersei. Um, that is an interesting, and if that is what comes to be, that was if he strangles her, Jonathan Marchison wins the internet. If Jamie strangles her to death. He wins the internet. He should post that on Reddit so that, like, you know, all the Redditors who are crazy, like, no, that he came up with that theory. Before them. And he can get a lot of credit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. He should look into that. Um, I think if the show follows the pattern to date, Arya gets the kill on Cersei because Arya has yet to fail at getting her quarry. Yeah. However, the Hound was on her list once and then wasn't, and then she thought he was dead and he isn't. So, I don't know. Maybe that broke the mold. I don't know. I just think I I just think Jamie has to kill her. I just feel that in my gut. I just feel like there's going to be this moment where he has to kill her and it's going to be fantastic and it's going to happen this season 100%. Mm-hmm. Deadpool. That'd be good for you and your Deadpool. It'd be fairly fantastic. Um, I really feel like that's the way that that has got to go. So outside of that, let's talk about the contents of the discussion because I think it matters more to the plot versus just guessing what's going to happen. So Yes, sir. What? <laughs> You're scolding me. What? You're pretty sensitive tonight. You all right? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, now taking, uh, what's the one I'm looking for? Send a voicemail into us. And if you want to be on the show, you can, there's going to be a seat opening up in about 10 minutes. <laughs> anyway. So anyway. Anyway. I like how Jamie immediately knows that she's going to land at Dragonstone. Of course, it's been abandoned by Stannis. It's her ancestral home. He immediately knows where she's going to go. Cersei brings up the fact that Tyrion is hand of the queen. She scolds Jamie for letting him go once again. She's so fresh to Jamie, mm. honestly. And then she says, listen, we are surrounded by traitors. First of all, I love that she uses the term traitors. Hey, Cersei, <laughs> you blew up the Tyrells. Uh, Marjorie, <laughs> Marjorie was loyal to your fucking old rubber lips before he did the old swan dive move. Oh, my God. Right? Rubber lips and Marjorie were tight. You should have just stayed out of it and accepted that shit and you wouldn't have this problem. She calls them traitors. That's hilarious. She blew them up. I mean, the Sparrow, he can die. Fuck that guy. All his stupid lackeys can die. That's fine, too. And I, and I don't even like the commoners who went to see the spectacle of trial. They can die, too. But we are like, but, uh, <laughs> we are not like morally <laughs> consistent with how we feel about mass death of houses, yeah, I'm talking by the about, way, guys. I'm talking about, we're not here for more morality lesson. There's blood on everybody's we're hands. We were so mad at all the car stars dying, but then we're like fantastic all those cars. I wasn't died. mad. I wasn't mad about it. So um no, I'm making a joke. I know. I'm sake. so am I. For so Cersei so Cersei is I mean, she's hilarious because she's delusional to think everyone's a traitor. I like her speech though. She's like, We have enemies to the West. This, you know, old C word Tyrell and we have this and that and I like her little <laughs> monologue C she word. does. I don't, yeah, I can't. Um, I, I like her little uh, her little monologue that she does. The, 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 I like the uh, three kingdoms at best. Uh, yeah, Jamie, it was funny. <laughs> um, also, I, I do like, even though I felt like they 
put the things they had to be like, we have to address this thing where, where Jamie's like, you know, who's the dynasty for our children are dead. We, we right. have to talk about Tom and, right. and it felt like a little like shoehorned in there. Like we have to put this thing in here, but I'm so glad they did. And Cersei's view of it is like so fucked up because she's like, I loved my children. Tommen betrayed me. Yeah, she's trying to justify it after the fact. She's people trying to that. justify the fact that she killed a bunch of people and her son committed suicide. She's calling her son a traitor. Yeah. That's some real fucked up shit. She's fucked up, no doubt. There's a couple things going on here, though. I think it's funny that they both have a lucidity about them, but at the same time, they're also both self-delusional. And here's what I mean by that. Jamie, Jamie is... Cersei's... Cersei is very lucid to this fact. We win or die. Yeah. Jamie no oh, Jamie. Cersei knows that she has alienated all of Westeros and they're all rising up against her outside of Euron, who you can't trust. Terrible, terrible ally, by the way. But she has she knows that she doesn't retire. She doesn't give up the crown. She doesn't walk away. She knows that it's win or die. Now, if your back is up against the wall and it's win or die, you're fucking totally dangerous. She's always been dangerous, always. She's learned a lot from Tywin. She knows what she needs to do to try to stay alive, and that's win at all costs. Jamie's point is, yeah, but for who? So Cersei's a little bit delusional in calling people traitors and, and not really understanding that she put herself in this weird position. Jamie's kind of delusional to think these two are just going to go get on a boat and sail to a fucking island somewhere. Like, there's no, you will be pursued until the ends of your days, Cersei. And she knows that. And Jamie has to start to come to grips with the fact that he can't just go retire and be on an island Maybe somewhere. Maybe he should go be with Tyrion and Danny. Yeah. Um, also in the chat, um, Annie points out that not only does Cersei say Tom betrayed her, she says Tom betrayed us. Meaning right. her and Jamie. Right. Tommen didn't do shit to Jamie. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah. Well, he took it. Tommen didn't do shit to Tommen, anybody. Here's the deal. Tommen took it as betray. Cersei took it as betrayal when Tommen outlawed trial by combat. Yeah. Because the Franken Mountain couldn't fight for her. Right. Which <laughs> he was going to win no matter what. So Unless he was fighting the Hound. Yeah, but that was going to happen. So, I don't know. I just... I think there's a lot of delusion going around, but then there's also these weird moments of lucidity that are very important. And I feel like Jamie's like, we have no allies. What are we going to do? What the fuck? That makes sense. Cersei's like, we win or we die. That makes sense. And Jamie's like, but why are we doing it? You know, I like it. I just think it's a good conversation. Jamie's always wanted to just say, fuck the world. Let us go be happy somewhere. Yes, always. But Cersei has written many, many checks that other bodies now have to cash, including hers and fucking Jamie's. Unless Jamie betrays her, walks away, and joins someone else's allegiance, that's the only way he survives this fucking show. Oh, he's not gonna. He's not going to because he can't get away from her. And if he can't get away from her, he's not gonna fucking survive the show. But it was cool. I just really liked that dynamic. I liked their discussion. I thought it was really well done. I, I agree. There's... And, and you know what? There, there is this part, though, now where Jamie has always just been like Cersei, all like gaga eyed at her. Where now <laughs> it's like he's seeing this different part of Cersei, like when he saw the set blown up and stuff mm -hmm. um, in the finale last season. And then just coming in this conversation is like we never talked about like our, our children are dead. 
Like we yes. never talked about Tommen. Her like immediate I, response to go to the liquor and not want to talk about it. Like I really think he's starting to be like, oh my God, like there is like a disconnect here and it's a problem and it's going to be a problem. Yep. It's good shit. And that's why he's going to kill her. Well, you invited Euron to King's Landing? The Greyjoys. Hmm. Mm. Well, Jamie doesn't like this. He doesn't think they're good at anything. In fact, he tells, uh, and then Cersei tells Jamie that he came for a queen. Cut to the throne room. Which didn't we call, I know I said this last season in the podcast, that he was 100% going to try to like, hook up with Cersei. I think you did. All right, good. Yeah. The, 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 the one, I never remember what predictions I make and don't make until people remind me on Twitter or via Facebook. But I, I am going to, I am going to stand and be recognized for one minute by saying fucking Sam Tarly is going to end up seeing Jorah because he's going to go to Old Town to get cured. Just saying. You know, it's not All my right. favorite pairing, but. Well, anyway. So let's talk about this Euron character. I like to call him the poor man's Ewan McGregor. That's okay. what I call him personally. Okay. Um, I don't like him. You don't like him. He's very cocky. Mm-hmm. Too cocky for me. Just kind of not into him. Too cocky for you, huh? Yeah, too much. A lot of times humor can offset that cockiness and create sex appeal. You didn't feel that? There were a couple times where there was potential. Okay. Like when you made the joke about the two good hands. That was good. <laughs> that was really good. Or about killing siblings. And he says, you should try it. That was awesome. That was also fantastic. So he said a couple of good things. He's he's the poor man's Ewan McGregor, which means he's handsome. Mm-hmm. He's not only Ewan McGregor, but handsome. Um, but he's a little too cocky for me. And I'm fairly certain I have him in my Deadpool. And he's 100 fucking percent going to die. Yeah. Like for sure. Um, there's And I like that Cersei... Uh, Still, she hears him out and she listens to him. And it's obvious like that she's like, okay, this is how you make an alliance. Um, but she still is like, nope, I don't know if you can be trusted. And she's sending, mm-hmm. him, she's sending him off on an adventure of some sort to bring her like, I don't know. Well, he's decided on that adventure. Yeah, but he he knew like he, he, he had to do something. Like yeah. she, he just walked in and been like, hey, what's up? And then she was like, all right, cool. He would have been like, cool. Because he didn't bring the present first. What's the present going to be? Danny's head? A dragon's mm-hmm. head? There's some speculation as to a horn that was mentioned in the show, but hasn't gotten much play in the show. Yeah, what's the, the horn books. thing? Somebody was talking about that. Somewhere. I don't want to get into that if, if because I don't know if that's the case, and I don't, I don't want to. It's kind of venturing into possible spoilery territory, but right. it was in season. Uh, we see it, and I don't remember what, what kind season. of horn is it. That's what I don't want to get into. Oh, okay, well, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, the horn. Everyone says the horn. Okay. Um, LSK says that he drinks PBRs on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Uh, oh my God, I can't uh, even. Uh, that is a fantastic. <laughs> that is for sure what he does. That's so good. Okay. Well, that article someone posted on the Facebook page, by the way, of like what your own Greyjoy reminds them of. And it's like, it's like, I don't know, Pacey's brother from Dawson's Creek, if he became a drug addict and like all this like crazy shit. It's like so funny. That's funny. So anyway, um, do you like the moment when Euron starts to ascend the stairs and the mountain steps forward and you're like, oh, Jesus, he's so scary. Can we talk about the Kingsguard new armor? Oh, yeah. Love, love, love. Mountain looks good. Mountain looks good. Looks real fucking scary. Totally scary. Gonna kill some fools. Completely unstoppable. For sure. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about this because I sometimes like to do this, but... Um, the Greyjoy Rebellion is something that's discussed here. Uh, he talks about Jamie rushing through the breach. It was glorious, like a dance, the way he fought. I was cutting down your own kin. 
place was getting crowded. <laughs> Great line. Uh, this Euron character, he's one of the scary things about him is his complete and utter disregard for all these things Jamie is talking about, which is good because he'll ally with you, but it's also bad in that he doesn't really hold anything sacred at all. Right. Uh, which means his his he's really going to be quick to turn should things go sour. And let me tell you what you don't want to do. Fight dragons in fucking giant wooden boats that catch on fire very easily. I know. I don't know how he's going to manage, but we'll see. So let me say this. Um, the Great Joy Rebellion, I think it's kind of cool to talk about. So I'm just going to bring it up. I know this was something we talked about, but the way he talks, the way he being Euron talks about it was essentially what happened was that uh, from from the Wikipedia page, it was the Iron Islands wanted to essentially secede from the Seven Kingdoms, and they said they weren't gonna. They just weren't doing it. There's a guy named Colin Greyjoy, Lord Reaper of Pike Island. He wanted to strengthen the ties of the Iron Islands with the rest of Seven Kingdoms. Um, but then his successor, Balon Greyjoy, rejected Quellen's reforms and just wanted independence, which of course is. Your boy Theon's father, old Dickless's dad. Why is Theon my boy? I just like saying that. <laughs> so over five years, Balon constructs a fleet of 100 war galleys. There you go. The Iron Fleet. Since House Greyjoy had remained neutral for most of Robert's Rebellion, they did not suffer heavy losses like the other houses. Six years after Baratheon overthrows Targaryen, Balon says, I'm king of Iron Islands. Go fuck yourself. And he leads rebellion. He was crowned beneath Naga's ribs. And that's when this whole thing started. Uh, Balon believed King Robert's rule was still a little insecure, that he lacked support because he was a new usurper, and he's like, now's the time to strike. And um, all these battles they talk about, they're actually pretty cool. One thing to note, and I'm just going to cut right to the siege of Pike Island, um, Stannis Baratheon fucking crushed them in the water. Um, so he, he fought in that. But this thing that they're talking about where Jamie goes through the breach, there's not a lot on that. It's just sort of speculated that Jamie could have been there because he was part of the Kingsguard and Robert was there. But the final battle was on the island of Pike, led by Robert and his childhood friend Eddard. The nearby Botley Castle was destroyed as the town of Lordsport beneath it. Before the main attack on the castle of Pike was launched, Robert's forces assaulted the southern wall with siege engines, shattering the main watchtower and bringing parts of the surrounding wall down. Maron Greyjoy, the second of Balon's three sons, was killed in the breach. Ready for this shit? Thoros of Myr was first through the breach, sword in hand, coated in wildfire. Guess who was right behind him? You're going to be so happy. Who? Jorah fucking Mormon. Oh, boyfriends! Yay! Boom! How cool is that? Thoros of Myr and Jorah Mormon running through the breach to put down the Greyjoy Rebellion. I want to see those dudes hanging out. I want to see that Can too. Can Jorah please join that grouping? Yes. Because that's yes. a dream come true. Yep. Uh, Balon, of course, brought before chains, bend the knee or swear, fe swear fealty, which he did. And then that's when they sent Theon to be a warden or to be a hostage, essentially. Yeah, but, but he um, was just bros with them. He was but in this hostage. situation, Yoran says, oh, Jamie went through, which... I guess even though there's not a lot of documentation here, I guess it could make sense if he was traveling with Robert at the time. That he was there. That he was there too. So kind of cool. I figured you guys would appreciate that historical perspective that Euron was talking about. I like it. I, I needed more background on that because I don't read the history books. Yeah. Game of Thrones. It's cool. And then of course the, the Stannish shit was dope. They fucking beat the shit out of their, their fleet. Um, uh, it was... 
I can't remember the name of it. Near Fair Isle, I guess. Apparently, he's pretty accomplished naval commander, that Stannis. Ugh, hate him. Anyway, <clears throat> so anything else we want to say about this? I mean, what kind of a position do you have to be in to fucking hire Euron Greyjoy as an ally? They're in a bad fucking position, and they Oof. need him to be their ally. They 100%. What are but they going to do? They don't have anybody. They don't have, they don't have a, an army They're big going enough. to lose. Yeah. If, if Danny comes to them, if, if they're going to lose. There you go. So he is going to go out and do a fucking quest. I'm looking for a oh, purple drop. Although I hear they're orange drops now. I don't what, know. I was a purple drop. Uh, Andrea in the chat will tell you. All right. So where to <laughs> Andrew, now? How can you tell me about the purple drop, please? Um, let's talk about the hound. By all means, take it away. Um, so, you know, uh, the hound is chilling with his new bros, <laughs> Thoros of Mir and Beric Dondarrion, who are also new favorite characters of mine. Brotherhood of Brotherhood Without Banners. Um, I am so on board with this group of people. I don't know if it's just that the Hound literally makes everything better. He wicked does. Is that what it is? Yes. Like, could you put the Hound with Samuel Tarly? And I'd be like, Samuel Tarly is the greatest character the show has ever seen. Yeah, you could put the Hound with Cersei and I'd be like, I don't know. I kind of want to... Maybe I like Cersei. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's not that bad. Um, I, I just... <laughs> there's something about the Hound that is... I love him. He's a great actor. <laughs> He's so good. Um, and I love him with these two guys. And this, to me, this, we've slowly watched the Hound, like when he was with Arya, start this arc towards being different, but not quite getting there. And this scene to me was, or, you know, when we see him with Ian McShane or whatever for that brief moment in time, this scene and his reactions to those, those people, that family, and when he buries them, it, it's so like, it just resonates with me emotionally. It's it's just so fantastic. That could um, be a nod to the book people too, because he's known as Grave Digger. There's a mysterious guy known as Grave the Digger. Grave Digger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the book, that could have been a nod to them. But um, I'm sorry, you were saying. No, it's just it's it's. I love it. I I love the stories of like what? Why am I here? Why you? Because you know, like that's this, this question, this philosophical question. Okay, well, why me? And and Barrick's like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. you know because i there's something for me to do like we're here for a reason and this is just i i love everything about the scene it was so good it's so captivating to watch the hound is literally the fucking best yeah i mean he's so good so let's get into the nitty-gritty of this his thought process here is so fascinating to me i like first of all thoros of mir has really grown on me me too um, Unfortunately, I have him in my Deadpool and Barrett. Yeah, Barrett, you have everybody in this group in your Deadpool, Except the Hound. <laughs> but um, I, I really... There's a confidence to Thoros of Mir that I love. And it's funny to watch him navigate the bristly nature of the Hound with kind of just a wry smile. He's like, you fooling anyone with that top knot, that you bald cunt. so funny. And Thoros is just smiling at him. Like, he's like, Psh, I... Yeah, I know how to handle. Yeah, I don't. I know how to handle guys it's like, like you. I, lo- I love my terrible hairdo. How dare you, sir? Mm-hmm. But I like all this. I like. I like the. I like the blustering from the hound right before we start to tap into the stuff beneath that armor. It just his his reaction to the house, and he's like, "Nope, bad feeling about this place. Don't want to go. Don't want to go. Don't want to go." The coming the the previously on right because they were to remind you. They have to do that to remind you, which one. is fine. And eventually you would have gotten it, but which still. if you missed, he 
he stole silver from these people, said they'd be dead before winter. And he, he was right. That. He was right. But but this this moment where they're like, oh, come on in. Maybe they got some ale hidden away. And the hound's like, they don't. Because mm-hmm. when he was in there and he asked for ale and they're like, we don't have that. Yeah. And, and like that moment of this like realization, I, I don't know. It was just so well done. And for him to go back and see this thing that happened and, and how uncomfortable it makes him and how, was it Barrick who said, you know these people. Like, there, there's Thoros something later when they were outside digging the grave. Thoros was helping him dig. Right. I thought someone said something earlier than that, but maybe not. Yeah. Um, and, and Barak making up the story, oh, they probably died like this, you know? Yeah, that sucks. Um, the, the way it affects him and stuff, it, it, it's so, I don't know. I love the hound. I love when he says to Barak, I don't hate you. You're not bad. I just don't like you. I, Nothing special about you. I, that's a compliment from the hound. Like a <laughs> real know, compliment, honestly. But the, the hound's trajectory has been so fascinating because we saw him in his hound-like way when he was still a bannerman of House Lannister be concerned with Sansa, right? He was like, he like you see him protect her in those early seasons yes. a little bit. And it continues here. And, you know, he has this side to him and that's why he's so enthralling and compelling. He's not just a mindless monster. Uh, it's my fucking luck I end up with a band of fire worshippers. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but I like this. I like I like Thoros challenging him, making him look into the fire, and it, then the hound's reaction. And, and there's one moment when he's looking and it like crackles, like you know, and 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 he like jumps back like nervous because mm-hmm. that fear of fire, and it was just so realistic and so well done. But let me tell you where that is because it's very precise. So the hound's face. What? Keep looking. What do you see? Logs burning. Hmm. Keep looking. What do you see? The hound's face. He says ice. A wall of ice, the wall, where the mall, where the <laughs> where the wall meets the sea, a castle there. Then the fire goes. Poof. Yep. And I'm like, Ooh. He, and he jumps back so but nervous, the, accentuating that as something explosive or something combustible or something. Right. And that's East Watch by the Sea. I'm telling you. So a hundred percent. Yeah, and that's ah, it's so good. But the yes, dead are marching past thousands of them. Yes, and then he says, "This is not a throwaway line either." A mountain with an arrowhead. Mm-hmm. That's the fucking mountain's helmet. Yep. It's shaped like an arrow. Thought that too. But watching, is it Rory McDonald? Is that his name? Rory McCann, I McCann think. McCann or something, yeah. He, uh, Rory McDonald is a fucking UFC fighter. Um, or was. Uh, I like, I like the, I like his face as he sees shit. Number one. Totally appreciate that they didn't give us stupid CG bullshit in the fire. No. Thank oh, God. If this was The Walking Dead, they would have given you CG bullshit oh, in the fire. Oh, low blow. Matthew already left the chat, though. Damn. He came in and trolled everybody and left. Yeah, he was being very silly. He's a silly boy. Can't, you know, what are you going to do? He get dropped when he was a kid on his head. A couple times. <laughs> he likes terrible television. Oh, poor Matthew. Just kidding. But, but no, I like, I like that. I thought that was awesome. I liked the the shot of the fire in the foreground, him behind it. There's something about him confronting this fire. This has been his greatest fear. Uh, we've seen him have to deal with this before in the fire when he fought Beric. And it's funny, he killed the guy he's hanging out with now. <laughs> I but, love um, what's, what's fascinating to me about this is that he, when he's talking about the Lord, what makes you so special, why? There's a part of the Hound that believes, yet is pissed off, kind of. He's resentful of, I've known better men than you, Beric Dondarrion. They've been hanged. They've been, their heads have been cut off, right? That's like, 
it just reaffirms the hound's stance, which is there's no fucking justice in the world. The only thing that matters is the here and now. And he's been that way for a long time. Mm -hmm. But his decision to bury these people and maybe in a sense bury a part of himself, I don't know. But then to say words, what's fascinating about this is that he's saying religious words, but he's saying the he's he's going by the faith of the seven, mm-hmm. not the not the one fucking god that Thoros is part of. And, and and he doesn't even know the words. He gets to the point. He's like, I don't remember it. And he says, I'm sorry, you're dead. You deserve better, both of you. Like, yes. is this not the most touching? Or it's great. Do, do you not? If you do not love the hound, you are dead to me. Like, honestly, what is wrong with you if you do not love the hound? How does someone not love the hound? This is a real question. Don't know. I don't know either. So, yeah, the Lord of Light. That's what I'm looking for. Lord of Light. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder if the hound's going to find some kind of religion. The hound is going to fucking die. Tragically. And we're going to cry. Could just be. like we cried when Hodor died. It's going to be it's a lot of death, I think. But awesome. Good shit. I'm excited about the hound. I like that, you know, they could have had a hound scene and he gets into this big crazy fight and we're like, cool, the hound's being the hound. But they didn't. They made it. They still make a good, cool hound scene reminiscent of this just goes to the bumper sticker we need. The hound makes everything better, right? Wait, that's a bumper sticker? It should be. I want it. Yeah, me too. But my point is this. I think that we, the hound is just such a good character that we can put him with these two other guys, Beric and Thoris, who I actually like a lot too. I think this is good chemistry here and see how they play off of each other and how they're going to influence the hound and how the hound is maybe going to influence them. But I think in a weird sense, the hound might find leadership in one of these two men or maybe both of them and, and we could see a different trajectory for him and I'm looking forward to that. It's awesome. I love him and I, I hope he at least makes it through the rest of the season Yeah, before his tragic death. So where would you like to go to now? Well, there's only one place left. Dragonstone? Dragonstone. Right on. Dragonstone. Gotta close out. That episode closes out. Awesome. All right. So what do you think about this? I like this. I like this moment of her being back in her home. I like when she gets to the beach and when she touches the sand. Like, it's awesome. It's beautiful. And just going to the castle slowly and seeing all these things and like taking down that, um, you know, that Brathian banner and it's 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 wonderful it's like it's so exciting this is we've been sitting around for season after season after season after season where danny's gone and done a bunch of other shit we're like when is she gonna come to where we are and she is here now mm-hmm. she's here she's in fucking westeros finally after all this time it's it, crazy it's to crazy. think that the last time she was at dragonstone she was being whisked out of there before she got murdered by her brother viscerous who got a golden crown <laughs> He was a douche, like, a, for real. Fucking creep is what he, he was. He was kind of the worst. Like, even if the hound hung out with him, he'd still probably be a loser. Mm. Just saying. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hound makes everything better except Viscerous. He just kills Viscerous. And, like, maybe Joffrey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he just drowns Joffrey. I <laughs> see night, that. I see friends. that as a drowning. <laughs> Shut your fucking mouth. <laughs> Fuck the king. <laughs> <laughs> I would pay for that. So many dollars. So, um... Yeah, this is a very touching scene. It's so eerie to see Dragonstone abandoned. The room we've seen Melisandre plowed on that table many a times. I mean, you know. <laughs> so many wonderful memories. <laughs> so many wonderful memories of Melisandre being plowed on that table. Just being naked and living her life. Talking about, you know, bleeding Gendry and other weird shit. and Having shadow people. babies and shit. shit. Killing Renly. Yeah, vagina smoke monsters. Poor Renly. But, um... 
Yes, I like this. I think this was the perfect scene. It was just long enough for us to kind of get that reminiscent feeling, her pulling down the Baratheon, what do you call that? Banner. Banner. And then uh, let us begin or something. What is her words? Shall we begin? Shall we begin? Think about Tyrion's perspective for a minute here. He's like, cool, I get the Tor Dragonstone. <laughs> this is wild. This place is empty, and I probably would never would have been here otherwise. Not to mention, Tyrion's back on Westeros. Yeah, yes. Hey, for sure you're wanted for basically regicide. Like <laughs> is that what they call it when you kill kings? I I don't know what they call it when you kill kings. Regicide? Regicide? R-E-G? I don't know. Doesn't matter. That sounds right. Sounds right. But, um... I'm ready. Like I said, all the pieces are in play. There's a lot of cool things to come. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, it was a good episode. Like I said, nothing really. I just a little heavy handed on the Lannister troops all being sweethearts. But other A little heavy handed on Sam for fucking 10 hours. Ugh. Disagree. Gross. Uh, would you like to get to a couple of listener comments? Oh, shit, I'm not prepared for that at all because there were 800 listener comments. Well, do you have any that stand out? Um, I'd have to find them while going through the 800, so I'll tell you when I get to one. Yeah, well, we have a ton of comments on here, which is kind of crazy. Um, I have uh, I have one I'd like to read. Oh, I actually think I know what I want. Julie Harad Kotalak, or Kotalak, I don't know how to say it. I apologize, Julie. She says, seeing Danny touch her native land for the first time and her memory was touching. Arya is scary. It must be hard for her to be so close to home. How long before she makes herself known to Sansa and Jon? Or will she lurk in the shadows with a different face? Will she collect dirt on Baelish and reveal herself in time to thwart him and betray him to her sister? I need more time to process. I didn't even think about that. Her, you know, this whole time I'm thinking about what's Arya going to do. It didn't even occur to me that she should go see her family, which she probably misses. But no, the first thing she does is goes to the twins and kills Walder Frey, who orchestrated her family's death. In all this single, individual, single, guilty souls who all took part of it, Nate. Just kidding, Nate. There's probably a couple innocents in there. Um, <laughs> uh, good stuff by Julie. Thank you very much. Who do you got? I just want to read this one brief comment. Um, this is just a short one. As Big Lou says, proof that we all love Game of Thrones so much, we don't actually need much to happen for us to all lose our collective shit. There you go. Which is true um, in the world of how we feel. Um, and then... Like People say that a lot, though, with shows. They say not much happens, but I don't know what they mean by not much happens. I guess I have to think about that. So now I'm just occur it's just occurring to me now, and I don't want to think out loud. Wait, wait, say what? Not much happens. I don't know what that exactly means. But anyway, continue. I just like that idea of losing a collective shift. He's right about that. He's right about that. Um, wait, I just had it, and I lost it. Okay, I'm going to go again? Yeah, go. Sean Rose Poole. Uh, she says... That was one of the best openings of the show, period. I was like, oh, snap. She's about to red wedding these bitches. I really like that each character storyline started right where we left them last season. I especially enjoyed the Hound storyline, definitely one of my faves. What do you see? A bunch of burning logs. Then she put smiley faces and laughing. My only small gripe was that for each character, it seemed little time has passed since we last saw them, yet little Sam suddenly looks like he's four. Yeah. That was just a small time, a, a small thing, though. I was sad for the Giants turning into White Walkers and said out loud, Jessica won't like that for sure. I don't like it. Final thoughts. Sansa needs to suck it up and let John lead. Cersei is super cold-blooded now, and the Hound is definitely my favorite character. I'm super pumped for this season. Pretty much every character is scary in their own strength and motivations and look forward to the major ass-kickings to come. Thank you very much for that awesome stuff. 
Jessica, who do you got? I'm going to read a Mark Stepanek who says, overall, a solid season opener countdown to the end episode. This was a had to episode for me. Clegane had to have a reason to more fully accept the brotherhood and a purpose to fulfill. Cersei and Jamie had to talk about their situation and next moves. John had to it's consolidate true. the North and start everyone preparing. Sam had to find something useful for John. Although didn't Stannis tell Sam a while ago about the dragon glass at Dragonstone? Yes. Um, Danny had to land in Westeros since it's only a week or two at most by boat. Um, White Walkers and the Undead had to start walking. Arya had to uh, show uh, up somewhere, uh. although this one surprised me. I guess we know where Tormund and the Hound might find some redemption. Indeed. And this this is true. And this is how I felt about the episode. Like, let's get our pieces in place so now we can just go. Yep, that's a great comment. Good stuff. Agreed. Who is that? Mark Stepanek. Mark Stepanek. Good shit. Good work, sir. Final thoughts on Dragonstone. I really loved it and I was really excited and I'm so glad Game of Thrones is back and I'm actually like depressed that it's going to be over in X amount of episodes. That makes me not know what I'm going to do with my life. This TV show is fucking fantastic and I love it. And it any, makes me so excited. Any uh, Anything relating to what we've discussed that you <laughs> want to discuss? Or just... I hate when I say things like about how excited <laughs> I am. You're like, yeah, can you say something more important, please? <laughs> Didn't I say all the important things the whole podcast? Maybe. Is it possible? I've 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 said I've said all I can say about final thoughts before. You can do the same if you like. But I wanted to say how much I love Game of Thrones. Okay. So would you like me to go? No, and I also want to say that I'm excited to see where this hound shit goes and I hope he goes and meets up with Tormund Giants Bane and that would be really cool and really exciting. And I do hope that these uh, Lannister Baron men have convinced Arya to turn around and go to Winterfell because I would like all the Starks to be in Winterfell. I think that would be lovely. And Jamie's going to kill Cersei. That's all. Boom. So I think Mark Stepanek really summarizes well, uh, saying kind of what have to happen, what would what what has to happen to get everything in motion. I think this episode is really good for that, and I am excited about this. I like that we, I like that things are in motion. I like that we get more stuff coming from our characters. It's not just simply. You know, uh, we we've seen great big battles. We've seen the stuff. We the relationship dynamics and how they're going to play out in the rest of the season. I think is what we see here. Uh, the the redemption angle, of course, is is awesome, like he pointed out. But we have the dynamic between John and, and Sansa. We have the dynamic between Jamie and Cersei. The dynamic between Thoros, Beric, and the Hound. Arya's sort of flying solo for now. Where, where's she going to end up? What's gonna be? What's gonna be fall Bran at the wall? Is he gonna be there? Is he gonna end up at Eastwatch by the Sea? Is he gonna go to Winterfell? What's his fate? So there's plenty of stuff to come, and I'm I am very much looking forward to it, and I am so happy to be back. Uh, no deaths to report on the Deadpool, but uh, I do want to make sure to credit uh, our wonderful producer, uh, Mr. John Marginson, who made a wonderful website called PromiseMeNerds.com. That's PromiseMeNerds. Com, where all our Deadpool picks reside. If you want to track us as the season goes, he'll be updating that as it is relevant. Uh, so looking forward to who wins that. We still haven't named a prize yet, although I have a feeling it's going to be something similar to last year, i.e. probably close to the same thing. But I don't know. We'll see. It could be a t-shirt. I don't know. We'll see. But um, And I'm looking forward to kicking Jessica's butt in that thing too. But no. So uh, yeah, good to be back. Make sure you check us out on the web, literallystreetgeek.net. And uh, with that, I think we're going to be out of here. Jessica, tell the good people goodbye. Goodbye, good people. We're out of here. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out LSG Media's coverage of A Game of Thrones. Make sure you check us out on the web at libertystreetgeek.net. That's libertystreetgeek.net, where you can see other shows we have like The Walking Dead and the Science Fiction Film Podcast. All right, folks, we will catch you next week. Have a good one. Oh,